Motorcycles and Misfits at the Recycle Garage. We've got a very, very special podcast we're doing tonight. I've actually been excited about this and, and getting ready for it for weeks. So, um, in the garage tonight, this is Liza. We have Bagel. Hello. Jim. Hello. Moin. What up? <laughs> and hi. Yeah, you have to say hi. You can't just hide in the corner. Rebecca. Hello. And Philip is out doing a taco run. So he'll be back and also try and hide in the corner. Yeah. And I told you, you can't hide. You have to You have to be a part of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you might have recognized the name Moin. This is the Moin Khan from Pakistan who has created all this hubbub here locally with the, the motorcycle trips. But I wanted to give you an opportunity since you're here in town um, – I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about your uh, agenda, as we call it, a different agenda. So what exactly is is a different agenda? <clears throat> Thank you so much, uh, Liza and everybody. Um, I've been wanting to come here for a long time as well. Um, I think um, last year somewhere, uh, the first group when they came and, mm -hmm. you know, when I first heard about this podcast, it was... Uh, you know, I wanted to be on here. Uh, it's just, it's just one of the most, you know, uh, organic places uh, where you could sit and talk and record and, you know, share ideas. Um, back to the question: What a different agenda is all about? A different agenda started in 2011 when I was going to San Francisco State University, and the main idea was to, to basically educate people um, about Pakistan uh, the international media um, you know doesn't portray uh, Pakistan um, you know there's always negative stuff about Pakistan in the media and I wanted to you know show another side of Pakistan that I was brought in right. uh, brought up uh, in and uh, yeah that's how a different agenda started so uh, so your goal is to get the message out about how awesome Pakistan is. Yes, it's, and I believe, um, you know, not for just bikers, um, Pakistan is an unbelievable country, and we will talk about how unbelievable it is uh, as we as we. Uh, hey, let's start right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a bit, because I I will play the role of the dumb American, as <laughs> as you know. I said before, I had to look it up on a map, and I was you know surprised to see. Oh, look, they're near China and India. Who knew those were near each other at all? <laughs> I and uh, and also seeing the documentary last week, I was pleasantly surprised Rebecca you'll get a kick out of this I had no idea that's where the Himalayas were and I'm like I'm going to the Himalayas I don't think I, got I knew that even when I was riding the Himalayas I was like so stoked <laughs> I was just on a big mountain <laughs> yeah I know exactly so tell us a bit about Pakistan okay so Pakistan um, is uh, borders with I think four countries uh, on the right side it's India on the east side up north is China um, on the northwest is Afghanistan, and uh, southwest is Iran. And 
at the bottom is the is the <laughs> Indian Ocean. Who do we like and who do we not like? Um, I love everybody. Um, jokes apart, I had people from all over the world. San Francisco is an unbelievable unbelievable place and i had friends in san francisco from afghanistan from iran okay. from uh, from israel which supposedly all the muslims hate israel that is not true uh, i had a lot of jewish friends in in san francisco i still speak to them i sp- still see them and you know it's, so that's it's all up in the media your agenda is to change our perception though when you came to San Francisco it changed your perception exactly exactly that's, ooh, that's yeah. kind of cool yeah so tell us about more so, about the country so Pakistan is you know four big countries uh, around us and then there's a huge ocean at the bottom um so when you think about Pakistan or majority of the people um, in the West, they think of as a, a barren land, um, uh, deserts and camels and, you know, uh, shits not going our way. However, however, Pakistan is an unbelievable country. I'll tell you why. Pakistan is an, is an amazing country because Pakistan has the biggest deep sea port in the world. It has some of the biggest deserts in the world. It has the highest international border in the world, which is over 15,400 feet. You can ride your motorcycle there. Pakistan has the big, uh, the highest polo field, the Shandur polo field, at over 12,200 feet. Um, 200 are out of the 250 highest mountains in the world, 200 are in Pakistan. The second highest mountain, which is K2, is in Pakistan. Out of the 14, 8,000 plus peaks, I think six, five or six are in Pakistan. So Pakistan is this unbelievable country that that is only famous for you guys are like hoarding this stuff yeah we 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 own everything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you know um i love motorcycles mm-hmm. so you know i'm i'm pr- promoting or i'm i show just one side of pakistan that you know motorcycle heaven however uh, there's this really cool story. So Shandur Polo Fest, uh, Shandur the you know Polo Field, it's it's smack center of two major cities, which is Chitral and Gilgit, and the, this area Shandur is is undisputed. So Chitrali says it's our land, mm. and Gilgiti says it's our land for for many many years, hundreds of years. So what they have done is now they play a polo match on horses every year and whoever wins the final match rules over this area for a year. Does this sound like a, some Jack Black movie or something? Like, <laughs> this doesn't sound And real. the coolest part is, the coolest part is this, uh, this really cool guy f- from Colorado. His name is Brad Sander, born and raised American. Uh, he's world number one paraglider. He he has a few world records in paragliding, which he made in Pakistan. Pakistan is a paraglider heaven as well, uh, because of you know the biggest valleys in the world are in Pakistan, biggest mountains are in Pakistan. Um, so he, uh, so the first time I went, I saw the the polo match. The final uh, was in 2012, and I went on a 1962 Vespa scooter up to right. Shandur. And so badass, right, Bagel? <laughs> oh yeah. So what happened there was the the final match is 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 about to go. All the horses are there on the field. All the players are ready. Every the crowd is pumped up. 
but you know everybody's just waiting for some some for something so i asked one of the officials there i was like you know what is going on and he said we're waiting for the ball <coughs> we're we're waiting for the ball uh, which the players are going to you know play to start uh, start the match and i was like you know where's the ball and he's like oh brad is bringing it so every year brad i don't know jumps off a uh, of a helicopter or a plane or, or 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 you know paraglides down in the center of the ground and puts the ball down and then that's that's where that's when the match starts so brad has been coming to pakistan for so long for paragliding and he brings people from all over the world to pakistan and to teach them to and to teach them this art of paragliding not the not he doesn't bring novices i think he brings like world class gliders because it's it's uh, you know as i said it's a you know paraglider heaven so pakistan is there's so much going on in back home and the the sad part is we only see the 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 little bad thing that goes on there in right. in some parts of the country that's that just blows up on the media uh, in the international media so um what percentage of people there ride motorcycles so there are a lot of motorcycles uh, in pakistan but you know we have to keep in mind pakistan is is still you know <laughs> working getting out of the you know third world uh, zone right. it's a third world country so majority of the bikers they own bikes because they can't afford a car right so you know us bikers motorcycle is you know to get away from our you know crazy life and ride a motorcycle and you know enjoy and you know we ride for for pleasure or most of us um however in pakistan you know the, the you see five six people on a motorcycle uh, an entire family like four kids and two parents are on one 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 to five cc motorcycle mm-hmm. so you know there are those obviously those sort of more bikers as well who do it for pleasure who you know um like for me i don't own a car in pakistan i have a bunch of vespa scooters and you know these 125 cc newer honda or piaggio motorcycles that i you know the where these are the bikes we use for tours as well um so the the and it biking is growing a lot in pakistan there um motorcycle little motorcycle clubs in every city they're popping up um a lot of guys are importing nicer bikes right. um to, to go there up. aren't dealerships for BMW or no, Honda there there are there are no dealerships okay. um there are dealerships for the 125cc bikes the Suzuki dealership there's Honda dealerships oh so the Oh, I guess it's a whole importing thing. They're not making them for that. Exactly, because okay. the because the um, demand is so little that they can't import. They can't. This right. they don't import. You know the CRF two fifties. Right. And um, but but it's it's starting. Suzuki has actually started importing. Um, I think these, this was a bad decision on their part, but they've started importing Hayabusa's. <laughs> What? Yeah. So in 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 Pakistan, they've started importing Hayabusa's and some other Suzuki 650, um, you know, street bike sort of thing. Right. Yeah. So all the rich folks go buy the those. The SV 650 is that over there? No, 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 no. no. Some so, some uh, cruiser street oh, bike, okay. something something like that. Yeah. Like Boulevard or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, it, uh, the roads, though, they do lend to motorcycling. Um, and and for the other two people in the room who've actually been to Pakistan, feel free to answer this one too. The the roads lend to motorcycle touring or not quite yet? Outside of the city, they do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, in in the big cities, 
um, the, the roads are like Lahore, Islamabad. They mm. were pretty much like this. Uh, maybe a bit, yeah. a bit smaller in mm. size. You know, we don't have. Uh, 20 lane highways like we have in California right. but uh, you know the, the highway we took from Lahore to Islamabad was a big three lane highway yeah, and it's paved but um, well that that was a big stretch that was like going to LA right on right. I-5 the, yeah. the Lahore to Islamabad but in the actual cities uh, there aren't lanes you kind of get in where you fit in and so you know that's not that doesn't lend to luck, you know um, recreational riding right so uh, I'd like to talk about, and also Jim and Rebecca, I'd like to get your opinions on this. The videos I've seen of the traffic flow, shall we call it, mm-hmm. on motorcycles. How, like, was that, did that freak you out a bit? Or does do you just kind of figure it out and jump in with the flow? It didn't bother me at all. You jump in. The rules are really different. Because you see multiple people coming from different ways on it it looks like complete chaos so uh, uh, about about the flow of the traffic yeah i you know i've been riding and driving in pakistan all my life i was scared when i got to vietnam the traffic flow over there was was completely nuts and the second place I was scared of while riding was Rome. Oh yeah. So the traffic uh, is is, yeah, okay. is twenty times worse than Pakistan in Vietnam, and at least ten times worse in in uh, in Rome. So and, and parts and also uh, during rush hour uh, in the Bay Area. They're, yes, they're fair enough too. Right. <laughs> so what would be probably the number one misconception about Pakistan? The number one, there's so many misconceptions, and I think all of them are number one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know. If, Let, let's hit a couple. Uh, as a woman going there, um, so, how, how's it for <clears throat> women to travel? So, a lot of people uh, confuse the Middle East and Pakistan. They put them together. Pakistan is, is uh, far away from the Middle East. Okay. Um, women are free to work or drive or ride motorcycles in Pakistan. Or, or, uh, obviously, riding a motorcycle for women, not. Um, women don't ride it over there uh, and there's the, there's this cultural taboo um, stigma attached to it but if women do ride uh, it's it's not a problem um, um, the first female uh, that I taught how to ride was my own sister and she would um, if she didn't have a car that day she'd take my bike around to her friend's house go to eat whatever she never had any issues and then uh, last Last uh, tour, uh, Rebecca and Natalie rode all over the country, all through the mountains. Um, Rebecca's here. I, 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 you know, uh, I think we should ask her how she felt riding in Islamabad in the big city or riding in the Himalayas. Was she ever? Did she ever feel because of being a woman, she, uh, you know, was treated differently? Well, Rebecca. Um, well, <clears throat> I think people definitely knew I was a girl. I had on pink gloves, <laughs> um, and I had my braids sticking out. So I think uh, there was definitely that recognition. Um, you know, whenever we stopped at gas stations, I had a lot of men staring. And, you know, I was kind of warned about that in advance, that it's not <clears throat> because they're trying to be rude. It's because they're really curious. You know, I'm a foreigner, and I'm a girl. Um, and, you know, they probably don't see many foreign women there on, especially on motorcycles, right? So uh, definitely lots of stares. I never felt like they were hostile. I always felt like they were very curious, maybe a little afraid. <laughs> um, 
And then I had, you know, our crew that was with us, you know, that someone would come up to me and say, you know, this group of officers would like to take pictures with you. Right. Um, but they were too shy to come up to me directly. So it was kind of like asking permission to approach, right? Uh, I We went to this Sufi concert. Um, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just this crazy drumming and people dance and it's really like hypnotic and, and amazing. Uh, and, you know, Moyne said it's going to be super crowded in there. We don't want you to feel overwhelmed. So the men are going to kind of form a circle around the women. Um, to get us through the crowd. Yeah, I remember you talking about that last yeah. time. And so. I, I was the same. I was like, well, was it dangerous? And you told your story. and Yeah, so no. we, they made a circle around us. But what I noticed was that all of the males put their hands up uh, so that there was no misinterpretation right. of what they were doing you know if we let's say we brushed against them if their hands were up at least so we knew they weren't groping right um and so yeah i just never encountered anything hostile um so i may be off base with this but let me give it a shot is are these progressive muslims is that what this is <clears throat> so because um, we want to differentiate from all the stories we are hearing about the middle east yeah, right yeah. <laughs> Pakistan is not a part of Middle East. Uh, right. Liza, you, you got to correct it. I just told you, Middle East is far away from Pakistan. I know, Pakistan. that's what I'm saying. But Te- technically, aren't they a South Asian country? Yeah. That's what I'm saying, but we often confuse yeah, that. And uh, so I'm trying to separate, because we hear Muslim and it all goes into one bucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. You'd so, say it's so progressive. obviously, there's there's some extremists uh, groups uh, in Pakistan, but we had extremist groups in in the U.S. as well, um, and you know uh, the Christian groups, uh, the really famous <sighs> Don't one. Don't get me started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there there's extremist groups everywhere. Yeah. Um, and you know it's a very very small minority uh, that that gets the that gets that gets the biggest piece of the cake on yeah. media. Um, Generally, in, in in I think in the northern areas north of Islamabad, m- men are so respectful to women. Um, I would I would go as far as saying men are more respectful to women in Pakistan than in the U.S. What I've seen, you know, uh, I was in in the dorms in San Francisco, and, and the kind of stuff that went on in the city. Men are way 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 more respectful to women to stranger somebody in their town you know uh, I would in, definitely in, say that in, in Pakistan yeah. and also um, you know there's like like Rebecca said some police officer he, he, he probably it was his first time ever seeing a girl riding a motorcycle right. so he wants a picture with her you you're know? a celebrity over yeah. there so oh yeah just just <laughs> imagine you you see Superman flying up there wouldn't you want a picture with him this is the first time you see a real Superman yeah, just like right. that the policeman saw this girl riding a motorcycle. He wants a picture, but out of respect, he would not approach her herself. Right. He will either come to me or some other Pakistani guy who's accompanying Rebecca, and he'll be like, can you go ask her, ask your friend if I can take a picture? And sometimes it'll be just so much that I'd have to say, no, you can't take pictures anymore. So we had it all wrong. Okay, so <laughs> I wanted to, let's go back a little bit now and um when rebecca was here before she talked about how you took your trip and how you got attached to the whole barf the bay area writers forum can you give us a your in your own words a a brief story of of what happened to you what your your trip was yeah so in 2011 as i said you know bad news out of pakistan was was bothering me a lot um 
uh, one of my closest friends in the city uh, went to school together Giorgio he's from Rome um one of the coolest guys i know uh you know whenever we'd be sitting you know he'd be like you know rome is this amazing place we make the best motorcycles we make the best cars we make the best wine we make the best cheese we have this we have that and at that time i'd be like you know what what can i say what 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 is pakistan famous for um yeah the mountains yes the deserts but what have we what do we create you know and uh, everybody's just scared of pakistan it used to bum me so that's when i decided to do something that will put pakistan in the international media you know something positive about pakistan mm-hmm. so that's when how it started but it wasn't just um maybe in the beginning i was i was selfish and i just wanted to promote the other side of pakistan that i it's very selfish yeah very selfish but <laughs> but um uh, you know it it just automatically it just turned around and now i feel the looking back the dots connect perfectly um and it's not just me showing the west how cool pakistan is it's me telling pakistanis how cool the west is so on my big trip from san francisco to lahore and let's stop you real, real quick right there what bike did you decide to ride from san francisco to pakistan yeah i uh, it was a uh, you know back then uh, it would hurt a lot so i would um, um i i thought it was a bad idea but now looking back i think it was it was perfect okay. i rode a i rode a cbr 600 f4i a 2002 model hey it it was fuel injected <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the tour started um 10th july 2011 uh, and six months later i made it home um, uh, um 25000 miles it was it was amazing but the coolest part was how many times random strangers in the us in canada in different countries in 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 europe um how how they helped me it was it was unbelievable in the us a few times i'm just you know standing on the side of the road and some random guy would come up to me and say let's go home you know now oh now, hey yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know he 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 talked to me for like five minutes and you know don't do that in san francisco <laughs> <laughs> or do <laughs> or do yeah and then and i think the one of the highlights of the trip was uh, in Romania I crashed um I broke three ribs a shoulder a finger and a wrist and Ooh. the coolest part was that I was in the hospital nobody spoke a word of English in the entire hospital so the first 10 days I didn't even know what was broken I was just on the bed I couldn't mm-hmm. walk I couldn't get up but the coolest part was that I posted on uh, I got, I started getting a lot of emails that you know how's your bike we want to see your bike so I think the 12th day when I finally got up uh, I went to see the bike and bike was completely total total I needed everything the frame and the motor were the only things that that could be used again everything Now, How did people know about your trip and and, and your your accident yeah, you so, were posting Yeah I was okay. posting on Facebook and um, another okay. another forum in the Bay Area called the Bay Area Riders yeah, Forum barf, yeah, yeah barf. So I was posting in these two okay. places and people were just following me. I didn't have a huge following. I had you know maybe like I don't know 5-6000 people on Facebook um uh, on my Facebook page and the coolest part was that people were random people from different countries were emailing me asking me about the bike and then I said the bike is total I can't use this bike anymore. I'd probably need a new bike. So this 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 lady who I had never met never spoken to from Barf emailed me saying give me a list of parts that you need. 
so i made a huge list of parts and i gave i sent it to her i posted on my facebook page as well and then people started sending me parts random people who i had never met spoken to chatted to nothing at all so the you know this random guy i still don't know who he is a uh, guy from poland sent me the f- master cylinder the the brake cables the discs the calipers the whole set from poland I mean, this wow. story is so brilliant rebecca when you told it the first time it's like this is unbelievable like exactly. who is this guy who would elicit that kind of reaction you i know? mean it, it was so overwhelming this random one day um from bulgaria this guy sends me an exhaust manifold the huge <laughs> thing you know and even if it was lying in his uh in his garage for many years still you have to pay for shipping and stuff you know shipping from bulgaria to romania is not cheap and a, an exhaust manifold for a fri is not mm. cheap so and then a radiator from the romanian motorcycle association and then two big boxes of parts which had the front wheel which had a fuel tank not small things you know they these these things came from from san francisco from the wow. bay area and two big boxes of parts just just came to romania and i was just in shock and then you know i was telling people in pakistan like you know we we think we are just the best human race ever but look <laughs> at these people you know they're america yeah that's right <laughs> so you know and then i i i i go to a lot of um, i get invited to a lot of um, uh, events in pakistan where i go share my story speak and i make sure i tell them how cool the west is how cool the us or canada or different parts in in europe are they go out of their way to help out a, a pakistani who's who's notorious in the media nowadays and still people help him this is i think a big deal uh, if somebody is famous if if somebody is famous for being a bad guy and then you go out of your way to help him uh, you know not ev- not an average guy would go out of their way to help a bad guy right you know so i'm supposedly the bad guy nowadays and then people are helping me fr- from all over the world this was the biggest the 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 best thing that happened on that tour i think so you you finish this tour you complete it and you go back home <clears throat> and at some point you got this brilliant idea to invite people over right yeah basically so in uh, you know 31st Uh, December 2011 I made it to Pakistan and then 4 months later you know once you once you do a big trip a 4 5 6 month trip this travel bug gets in you and it bothers you and it bugs you and it eats you inside if you're sitting at one place for too long so for 5 mm-hmm. months later in Lahore I was like you know I have no money I have like maybe $400 left and this is everything I own and i need to get out and i i need to do something so i bought a 1962 vespa scooter for 9000 and for for 90 dollars oh wow for 90 dollars i painted it Makes yellow you want to go over there doesn't it bagel <laughs> it's tempting it's very tempting so for 90 dollars and i painted it yellow and i went to explore pakistan the northern areas i had never seen pakistan uh, myself and while going going through this amazing places in pakistan the shindur polo festival area and then hunza and all these places i felt like you know people in the bay area would really enjoy pakistan and that's right. when i posted pictures and people were just like you know we want to come and in 2013 two very brave men michael and kyle mm-hmm. you know they i think they're they're the first they're the bravest of all cuz nobody had come before them and they were the first they were the guinea pigs 
And there were supposed to be two others. Yeah. So yes. there were uh, supposed to be two others as well. Uh, however, um, there was this uh, not so pleasant thing happened in Pakistan in 2013 and they, they flew back home from London. Um, but, you know, Michael and Kyle were just, um, were the guinea pigs. So the the main idea, the main how I tricked them into coming was I told them they only have to pay for their airfare and everything else will be paid yeah, by tr- me. Tricked them into so, a vacation. So I tricked them into a vacation because I knew yes. if, uh, you know, if they have to pay anything at all, they're not going to come. Feel free to trick me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I worked really hard. I, I went to like maybe like 40 companies uh, trying to get some money. And uh, eventually three companies were like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll support you on this. And let me explain. That's Bosley Strack. Scratching an itch. Bosley, go over to the couch. You're causing all sorts of ruckus. Bosley, go to the couch. There you go. There you go. Get on up there and start snoring like you do. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So Michael and Kyle uh, were the first ones mm-hmm. to come. And when, you know, other barfers saw, okay, Michael and Kyle went and they survived. So, you know, the rest of the people got, like, you know, comfortable with the idea of traveling Pakistan. It's 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 a thought that n- not a lot of people uh, ever think about, you know, or they get like, why Pakistan? You know, when we can go to any pl- place in the world, why the most notorious place in the world? Because the most notorious place isn't really that bad, you know. That's and the, and- the allure for me because no one else has figured it out yet. Exactly. I was completely hooked when I saw the pictures in October of 2013. Exactly. You posted up those pictures, and I <laughs> so said, I, I gotta go. That brings us now to Jim and Rebecca, who you tricked them also yeah. into a vacation. <laughs> so, and and we talked about how you both found the posts on Barf. You didn't know Moyne. Did you know anyone who had gone on the past trips? No, I yeah. um, I bought an FRI early thirteen. And Gwen, who is the barfer that sent or organized the parts to be sent to Moyne, she uh, messaged me and said, hey, you know, you should check out this story, this kid, you know, that went to Pakistan on an FRI, just because we had the same bike, right? Right. And so that's how I first learned of his name. And that's really all I knew about him. I read like that. And I think he did a couple ride reports in California that I read. Um, And then when he posted in 13 uh, and Michael and Kyle signed up, I wanted to go, but I already had... All of my, he, I mean, he posted up in like March and said, "Who wants to go for a month in July?" And I was like, "A little advance notice would be great." Um, and so I can go. And so I said, "If you do this next year, I'll go next year." But other than that, I didn't know anything about him. So that's no. awesome. So the next year, how many people? You did two trips, right? Yes, in 2014, I did. I did two trips. The first mm-hmm. trip was uh, um, nine people showed up. Right. It was unbelievable. Uh, ten people actually signed up, and I I capped it to ten, and then just one one guy dropped out, and the rest came. There were eight uh, Americans and one Malaysian, and right. um, all of them from the Bay except uh, Natalie, who's who lives in Long Beach. Okay. So um, you know, I had an unbelievable time with these guys in Pakistan, and I fell in love in Pakistan even more because of these guys, because these guys were enjoying my country uh and you know just showing them around and you know they were a bunch of cool people you know Um, they didn't they didn't bother me too much (laughs) (laughs) so you know i had a i had a crazy time with these guys and um 
and that's when I was like, okay, you know, I I can do this. I uh, I hate organizing stuff and you know being uh, 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 what do you call um, you know when you were in charge of something sure. and something goes wrong, all the fingers responsible point at, yeah responsibility yeah. and I'm scared of that stuff. But these guys set the bar so perfectly that I was like, you know, okay, if if I can get these cool people. Uh, people like you know this group right. uh, i think i can do a few more what what were you going to say rebecca oh i was just going to say that uh the one person that dropped out he got deployed so oh, okay. it wasn't a voluntary dropout he was really bummed that he missed it oh i, I didn't know that yeah he was in the military okay, okay, so okay, okay. so rebecca uh share with us one of your favorite memories from the trip that you did I can't remember our last podcast, so I might have already told this story, but it was definitely uh, getting stuck at the guard shack, uh, the second to the last checkpoint before the China border. Um, it was raining, and uh, some of the group I knew would be slow, and, and so we were supposed to stop. Uh, you know, there's only one lane going up there, right? right? Mm-hmm. Or one road. And so I figured, oh, I can go ahead, and, and they won't be too far behind because there's one road. Um, but <clears throat> I landed... At the checkpoint at the before the entry to the national park, about I mean I was there for like a solid two hours. Wow! <laughs> um, I was wet, and so I took off of my my jacket. I had summer gear because that's what we brought for Pakistan. Um, and so I took off my jacket and my plastic bag poncho, and uh, some guards came out and and they asked me if I wanted tea, and I said sure. And then they said you know come in, and they had a fire going. It was just a very you know it's a stove built directly off of the the foundation floor um and they were just feeding wood into it and i just sat next to the fire with them for like two hours drinking what turned out to be salt tea <laughs> uh, which i hadn't had before because they normally serve uh sweet tea um but you know i i choked most of it down um and <laughs> And then uh, they would ask me about, like, they're like, so, Obama's your president? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, he's Muslim, right? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. I think he was or is, you know. And, and they're like, oh, what do you do for work? Like, you know, just their very limited English. Right. Um, like, one of them spoke limited English. The other didn't really talk at all. And they're just really sweet and really curious and polite. Um, and they just fed this fire for me for like two hours. They'd go out and get more wood and, you know, keep it going. And then um, and then finally the truck showed up. <laughs> and then we attempted to go and there was this, you know, issue where the Americans couldn't go up to the border because of this newly enacted law. And so uh, all of us ended up going back to the guard shack while Moyne and, and uh, TK, the Malaysian, and some of the Pakistani group, because a lot of the crew had never been to the mountains. Um, oh. He had a couple of uh, younger guys that I don't think had ever been outside of the city. So this was all really new to them, too. And so he wanted to give them th- that experience, right? Um, oh. So we all went back to the guard shack. Everyone took off their socks and shoes, hung it up. Uh, we started drying out again because it was raining. And then they made us rice. Um, they fed Aww. all of us. They made us sweet tea, thank God. At this time. <laughs> um, and we just, like, Natalie and I laid in the back. We had Scott's jacket over us, like a sleeping bag, because it was big. And we listened to music. And we just sat in there for, like, three hours. And um, the guards were just really sweet. And they work, like, 15 days on, five days off or something like that. So all the supplies they had for their three weeks there were there. And yet oh, they were cool. feeding seven of us rice, right? Wow. Um, they used the rest of their milk. I mean, I saw them emptying the bottle into oh, the teapot, you know. Uh, and it just, it perfectly captured the the heart and the... Generosity. And the yeah. spirit, yeah, the kindness mm-hmm. of the Pakistani people. Um, 
You know, I met so many people that were like, hey, we don't hate you. We love Americans. You know, we're not terrorists. And and they're offended by the fact that they grouped in, get, they get grouped in with the extremists, you right. know, which I understand. I mean, we have so many school shootings here, right? I mean, mm-hmm. especially in the recent past. So if I went to Europe or wherever and they said, oh, you're an American, you blow up schools, I'd be like, you know, that's not really fair, right? I mean, just because some people do it doesn't mean I do it. But that's what we do to Muslims in general. Yeah. And that's definitely what we do to any countries, you know, in the East um, that sound remotely Muslim. And I think, like I said, a lot of people don't realize that Pakistan is not the Middle East. Um, you know, I read a book before I went and I didn't know it was split off from India, you know. and uh, I just found that out earlier. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's. I'll be honest, when I said, oh, how old is your country? I'm thinking like, oh, 1600 or 897 BC or (laughs) something. Yeah, Yeah, 30 years old. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, it was like in the 1950s. 47. It's it's, uh, around somewhere around 65 year old. Yeah. Who knew? Apparently they do. (laughs) Yeah, I read a book that an American woman wrote um, when they were building the Magnolia Dam or something in the 60s. And her husband was a contractor. And so they were a white couple. And she wrote about adjusting to Pakistan life and and a lot of the stuff that she talked about like I could see in the culture even you know in yeah. 2014 and so it was interesting definitely. that's cool so Jim how about you what was your favorite <coughs> memories from the trip I, I know that you were in pain for most of it oh. that was the bumpy roads and broken bones um, was devoted bumpy to roads you and broken bones um, okay well besides the experience that um, that we both had at the guard shack Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to really quickly go through a series of experiences I had there just to kind of highlight. So um, um, being at the Lahore Mosque at prayer time and being so moved by that place and the experience that when everybody else was praying, I have no idea how to pray in Islam, but I just lined up with the rest of the guys and did what they did. Um, Sitting around the campfire at Shandur with our guards and showing each other pictures of our children. Mm. Um, Sitting up until two o'clock in the morning with the chief intelligence officer of the army in the Deer Valley discussing the fundamental nature of gods and higher powers and why we have gods that like you know, punish us or smite us, and why this is in literature, and asking him what the proper way <coughs> to pray in Islam is, and him giving me his personal prayer rug and hand knotted cap. Yeah, you, I, you, should, I, you know, I mean, like this. I, can't, I, can't, I could go on. You should put this on your brochure. This is good. Yeah. I could go on. <laughs> I mean, how do you even expect something like these experiences you're having? Yeah. You can't even expect yeah. that. Crossing a lake of Batabad by rolling, you know, like, you know, rolling jeeps on planks and the water being just this bright glacial blue and the thump of the big leader diesel motors and the way everything is done, you know, I just. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue because even though I haven't been there yet, I almost feel like I have. As you're describing this, I've seen this. Where have I seen this, Moin? Tell me where I've seen this. Okay, so um, because I, you know, as I said, this was uh, the the first tour, folks. Uh, mm-hmm. In 2014, they were just so amazing. Um, and before they, they, you know, the last before like uh, two months before they flew into Pakistan, you know, I was uh, we were kind of 
uh, in touch over email and Facebook groups and stuff like that. So I felt, you know, this this group is is really cool and, you know, it should be fun. This this tour will be really fun. So I hired uh, two camera folks who had never seen a mountain in their life. Um, I've hired them to film <coughs> film a documentary. I hired them to follow us for 15 days to film a documentary uh, in deep into the Himalayas. And uh, and you know, right now I'm in the U.S. Uh, screening this documentary. Um, in in a bunch of states, also parts of Canada, um, I had this f- the first screening in uh, in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and then I came to um, California, uh, Bay Area, and uh, sc- the first screening in the Bay Area was in Milpitas, which Liza yeah. attended, and I'd love to hear what Liza says about the documentary. It was awesome. It um, it made me feel like. I want I definitely want to see this. It it gave me an insight to what to expect. When you're talking about the boat crossing, I've been describing this to people I'm like, "Oh my god, you guys, they did the craziest thing. They had across this lake of crystal blue water, and they have these boats, but they have to put the not only the motorcycles, but the jeeps on it, the trucks. And the trucks are wider than the boats. So yeah. they just put these planks across the boats, <laughs> which are like a glorified rowboat basically it's, yes yeah. but but you know this is this is like completely normal um, yes. for the locals they uh, because this lake never existed before in 2010 there were major huge floods and because of the floods this lake swelled up mm-hmm. and there's an entire like submerged community uh, there uh, atabad lake was 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 Atabad village in 2010. Wow. There was no Atabad lake. Um, but because it's it's a valley uh, and the, due to floods, obviously it, it swelled up and the, the entire um, village is under the water. So when you're going over um, o- over the uh, the lake um, at the end where the water level is dropping, you can see some uh, some uh, roofs, right. uh, some little huts popping up. Wow. So in 2012, on the scooter trip, I saw I, there were no roofs, uh, no I couldn't see any of the the huts popping up. In 2013, when I went with Michael and Kyle, I could see just the roofs. And then in 2014, on the first tour, I could see we could see the entire entire hut out of the water because the water level was dropping. Oh wow! So you can see, and, and on the last tour, water level was dropping a lot because the army and the government is helping, uh, you know, rebuild. Are they using buckets. Bailing, <laughs> yeah. Right. So they're they're basically helping build another road around it. Oh, I see. So, so the, through so a mountain. Let's yeah. start with basics. Wow. What yeah. is the name of this documentary? So this documentary is called "Rediscovering Pakistan: okay. The Untold Tale." And what cities are you co- going to be going to in the future? Um, so this documentary went through the western side of Pakistan, which is the Chitral, Chitral, Shandur polo, uh, polo field side, and then hit up Gilgit, Hunza, and all the way up to China border. China border, um, the tour two folks were able to get to the China border. However, the tour one folks couldn't make it. Um, TK made it. TK made it, but you know, uh, the guy at the uh, the last the the police guy at the last check post, which is an hour south of the border. Um, sometimes he's just not in a mood, 
and he'll say he won't let you go and sometimes he will be in the mood and he'll let uh, he'll he'll let you go so he won't he uh, you know you you can't uh, I, i like to I like to tell all the riders before they come that this is Pakistan this is not California you buy a ticket and you go somewhere it's not like this <laughs> Pakistan is is a country you know uh, with with uh, you know it's it's um it's not as bad as the media says but it's still uh, unstable so because of some security concerns uh, they, they to protect us they don't let you go through a certain part so back to the movie Yeah. It's touring right now. Yes. If somebody wants to see it, if they want to see this trip that Rebecca and Jim and and others went on. Yeah. Where will it be touring to? Yeah, so the the first one was obviously Philly and then uh, a few in in the Bay Area. The next show is in UC Berkeley on the 20th of of January. January. Okay. Yes. And then on the 21st it's in Stanford. <laughs> Okay. And on the 22nd it's in Stanford again. So two shows in Stanford and then 24th it's in Long Beach. Um 25th is in Malibu, 29th is in Pasadena, 30 30th is in uh, 31st is in Vegas, then Seattle on 5th February and then Vancouver and then I go Chicago, Milwaukee, Boston, Houston, Dallas all over, Toronto. This entire schedule you can find on my Facebook page which is A Different Agenda. No spaces, just A Different Agenda on Facebook. Okay. And you'll you'll find the entire schedule with links uh to their face event Facebook pages, to timing, address, everything. I, the movie is a great motorcycle adventure movie. It you know, if you just like seeing motorcycles you know in movies it's worth seeing and then you get to see the the beautiful surroundings that you all well that that I hope I will be seeing soon myself yes. but um it was very well done the music was beautiful yeah, I, I love it. that yeah it really enhances it yeah um and so I, i you know people can go to your site and look it up go see this movie and, and uh, I, so I, cool i'd also like to mention if you aren't Uh, if you go on my facebook page and you look all uh, then look over the entire schedule and you're you know too far away from any of the screenings mm-hmm. i will be uploading this video on youtube and vimeo um yes. and putting it on my facebook page um uh, in in i think i think uh, last week of february so all these people are you know mm-hmm. some of the folks travel from a few hours away to watch this documentary there was this girl who flew from portland oregon to milpitas this uh to uh, to watch this documentary so uh, you know all these people want to come see me come ask me questions watch the documentary on on the big screen so i don't want to upload it right now because you know uh, you know uh, then people wouldn't wouldn't show up at the screening event right. so um you know i'd like to talk to people answer questions if they have any and you know so it's it's a very uh, you know i i've started to enjoy these these little events i'm having so it'll be on facebook facebook.com/a different agenda and uh, mid to end february it'll be it'll be live uh, it'll be uploaded so let's say somebody like bagel here he sees this movie and he goes i i want to do that what how how could he do that um if you um it, you can do it easily and uh, how i how i've kept it is it's uh, it's kind of like a secret 
uh, and it's uh, it's hard to encode this secret right now. But how I've done it is um, that it's for now it's on on Bay Area Writers Forum dot com. If you go up there, you search. Uh, if you just write Pakistan 2015 in the search field, yeah. uh, it should pop up. Bar- Barfistan 2015, I think, is exactly. the, uh, the title. Yes. Of the well, if you yes. just search Pakistan, yeah, I mean, it's in the general forum. Yeah, yeah. So search uh, Pakistan in the general yeah. forum. Um, the other thing, the the easier way is just email me at a different agenda at gmail dot com, and uh, we can go on from there. I haven't you know the website i was telling you about the ride the kkh.com i haven't really publicized that website i don't tell everybody who i meet about that website only the people (laughs) i just did but um, i don't tell this website to everybody because i feel i don't if i if i publicize this website you know everybody in pakistan would start emailing me and i feel it's very easy for a Pakistani to go up north to go see the mountains it's very easy uh, most of them are just lazy that's why they don't go up north so I want to help people who really need help so I want to help people from the west um, and you know taking Pakistanis will turn this little thing that I have going into a business and once it's a business then I'm going to hire more people when I hire more pe- people I have to pay them every month and then I'll be like you know all financial and you know I want to keep this as organic as I can and 2015 for now is 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 the last year I'm doing these tours after this I want to I want to travel myself uh, a little bit so um, for now you know I don't have any plans of uh, more tours in 2016 okay, um, but for 2015 yes for tu- you 20- got some tours yes I have four tours planned right now what dates and where are they going okay so uh, I'm gonna be uh, asking my friend <laughs> <Bagel>? right here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the uh, the first tour is May 29th through June 11th, and that uh, travels through the Chitral Valley, Hunza Valley, Atabad Lake, and Paso. <coughs> uh, tour two is July 24th through August 13th, which travels through the Chitral Valley, Hunza Valley, Atabad Lake, Pasu, and Skardu Valley. Then uh, Tour 3 is September 4th through September 17th, which travels through Skardu Valley, Hunza Valley, and might, might add, add Kashmir if possible. Uh, then the fourth tour is September 25th through October uh, October 15th, which travels through the Chitral Valley, Hunza Valley, Atabad Lake, Pasu, and Skardu Valley. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So these four tours, they're two two-week tours and two three-week tours. The right. three-week tours... Uh, we'll uh, we'll have uh, <coughs> Kashmir in it. Um, Kashmir. Uh, how, That's in a how the Zeppelin Amer- song, I'm gonna right? S- yes. yes. <laughs> and I'm going to say it how the Americans say, Kashmir. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll have Kashmir in the three-week tours. Uh, however, the three-week tours are going to be uh, a lot of riding, um, a lot of riding and less, um, you know, enjoying the right a little bit less enjoying the area because um, it's it's a lot of riding it's going to be over i think 3500 uh, close to 4000 miles in in 3 weeks so uh, what's your cap how many people are you uh, trying to get on these so um, last tour um, the the tour one the uh, that had that we made the documentary on mm-hmm. it had nine people I had a great time uh, however I feel uh, a little smaller group uh, up to six people in in a group would be a lot better um, and 
maybe easier to to manage as well um so i think i'm going to keep it to six uh, people uh, in one tour How, however if all six people uh, agree and they want to bring 50 more in a group then i'd be willing to you know accommodate all of them okay so four trips <laughs> about six people that's like 24 people yeah um and the coolest part is it's growing you know in 2013 there were two people in yeah. 2014 there were uh 12 people and then you know it'll be it's doubling or more than doubling every year so i'm you know excited but this is the last year you're doing it yes so you never know in in 2016 i survive alaska to argentina and i run out of money that i go back to pakistan if i don't then i'm going to ride africa as well so uh, if i run out of money or i break something and i have to go home then maybe 2017 or 2018 but i'm hoping to be on the motorcycle for a, for a few years um, um and uh, and the same f4i no uh, the f4i uh, is is bent <laughs> oh, no. but yeah it's it's bent uh, but um i haven't decided a motorcycle yet uh, but it's it's probably going to be uh, a, a something cheap and something a little more uh, tour friendly i think no panagali <laughs> no i think that was in the running apparently yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so If somebody is interested in this trip and they have questions, yes, I I love you. answering <coughs> questions. Uh, sometimes I suck at answering some questions, but I try my best. So just shoot me an email. Uh, it's a different agenda at gmail dot com. Uh, Liza, can we when we post this interview, can we put Definitely. my email address somewhere? Yeah, I check my email. Um, 87 times a, a day so just shoot me an email let's talk about it and i i'm i'm willing to uh, you know answer any questions if you're in the area i'm i'm willing to come see you and the coolest part is all the all the folks that come, came on all all on all of my tours they're really cool and they're willing to help you out plan it out see you if you are close to them you know These these they, folks are really. Cool. They've all been extremely helpful yes. helpful to me, and they've all told me to bring toilet paper, <laughs> wet wipes, and wet wipes. Yeah, wet wipes. Yeah. we have uh, we have a good supply of toilet paper, uh, but <laughs> wet wipes. We have wet wet wipes over there as well. However, I'm too lazy to get it for you, so you don't <laughs> have to is. carry them from here. You can come there and remind me about forty times, and then I'll I might take you to a supermarket to get wet toilet wipes. paper. Gets a little rough uh, if you're if the diet affects you uh, right, negatively. Right, right. Toilet paper. Starts to burn. Um, but I was so if you <laughs> so if you go on Barf and you find these Pakistan threads, um, you'll see Jim is Jim E on there. I'm Rebecca Lynn. Um, Aaron is Lunchbox. And if you see any of these these names and you click on them, it gives you the option to send them a private message. And I've had women uh, uh, message me specifically because they're women and they want to talk about stuff. Um, and I know that Dan and Aaron and Jim and myself are all willing to answer questions. So if they do go on Barf and they mm. see our names, which we all do, we, we're such cheerleaders. So we're in every single thread about Pakistan. Yeah. Um, you can you can PM any of us. Yeah. So are either of you going to Pakistan again? Yes. Hopefully, you know i I was so set on it last year, and then like over the past or last year, oh yeah, it is two thousand fifteen. Okay, anyways, so I have been so set on it, and then you know I kind of started like going, oh well, maybe I should go on a different trip or whatever. And then I saw the documentary, and I was like, ah oh, yeah, I need to go back. I mean, there's just so much more to explore. Right. I know Jim has a personal like, you know, yeah, Jim, uh, you haven't actually ridden through Finished Pakistan, the ride. so yeah. yeah. 
And I would like to mention that I was the only person that brought coffee. They don't have coffee in this country. <laughs> they have like chai tea. So if you like coffee, so I brought um, Pete's coffee from you know Berkeley, Berkeley. California, <laughs> and I, I'm sitting on the roof of the Hunza Hotel, and I meet this guy who worked for Pete's for ten years, and actually <laughs> knew this guy named Major Dickinson, and he was always coming up with crazy ideas, and and that was the only blend he ever took. It was hold amazing. on, no coffee, Moyne. I thought the Middle East is known for their coffee. Oh wait a minute, hold Pakistan's on. not hold the Middle on. East. Oh. Okay, hold on, Liza, you gotta take off your headphones, and I want to see ten push-ups right now. I'm just teasing. So yeah, Pakistan is big on chai. Yeah. And um, uh, I I really enjoyed my coffee when I was here, but the chai has a has is is not the regular chai you yeah. get here. It's it's a little different. It yeah. it has a different smell. It's a bit thicker than the chai you get in the U.S. It's really good. Uh, it's not. Yeah, it's it's a bit milkish, yeah. and um, uh, coffee drinkers don't really uh, uh, they're stubborn about their coffee. They want what they want yeah. however if you're willing to try something different uh, i think chai is a is a very good uh, i have yes. actually substitute. never had a cup of coffee or a cup of chai wow so chai here is totally different i came back yeah. from pakistan and i had a cup of chai thinking like oh maybe yeah. Yeah. no it's disgusting no. here yeah. uh, i never had chai before pakistan and i didn't think i'd like it but it's really 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 good and i'm a coffee girl sweet milk so, chai and it's fresh try it definitely oh i mean if you're gonna go through withdrawals without coffee bring some but the chai is yeah it's different yeah. there so uh, yeah. so just to re reiterate anybody who wants to go on this trip. I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast, to tell everyone out there, this is an amazing opportunity. Now, the past two years, it was primarily people here in California, specifically the Bay Area, mm -hmm. who were privy to it and went. And this is an amazing opportunity. It's a trip of a lifetime. lifetime. It's a lifetime opportunity. That Once in a lifetime. And it's going to be very few people. I mean, uh, you know, I've talked about going, oh, I want to go to Isle of Man, and I want to go ride the Alps, and I realize I could do that anytime. Yeah, uh -huh. exactly. Yeah, uh -huh. you can. But this you can't do this with Moyne. It's <laughs> an amazing yeah. opportunity, and it's on a motorcycle. I mean, and we should specify, too, this is not big touring motorcycles yeah these are small motorcycles that you find in the country so i think it lends to the experience authentic experience <clears throat> yeah. exactly i think i think it'll be a lot easier uh on on a on a you know uh, an off-road bike or something like crf 250 or something like drz or yeah. it'll be it'll be a lot easier however my experience <laughs> says all the riders who've ridden these motorcycles with me up north at at while they're riding they they they're not too fond of this these bikes but after leaving the country i've gotten some emails that moeen those bikes made it a lot more fun how hard it was because of yeah. those bikes it was it was fun and uh, you know i think th these bikes made the tour you know a bit more adventurous and a bit more exciting if if, <laughs> if bagel comes could you get him a scooter I can I can possibly work on that. Yes. Um, would a would a scooter be able to make the trip? Um, it will and be and keep up the pace with everyone. However, else. the you know I I rode on on the the one two five cc bikes mm -hmm. that we go on the tour. You can go on that bike. You can make up if you ride every day for ten twelve hours. You can make it up to uh, the border the Hunjra Pass, the China border. However, on the scooter, I rode every day for a minimum of 10 hours and it took me 19 days to get to the border. Wow. So you will be uh, about 15 days behind uh, <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't sound quite so <laughs> I tried. I tried. Sorry. So, um, 
I wanted to. But actually, Ooh, yeah. I, I don't know. Do you want to? If you have more scooter friends uh, who would be willing to ride a scooter, let's plan a scooter tour. Ooh. Scooter tour. I'm I'm not even joking. I I, I I'll go home and arrange six scooters and let's do a scooter for, tour for this year. For this year. So we're adding a fifth tour then. Oh, we man. will add a scooter tour if I have John to. John Dean, wow. Joe Kelly, yeah. right off the top. It's going to be it's going to be yeah. really hard, but you know it's been done before, so. Bagel, <laughs> how can you say no to that? I mean, as as a person who has ridden across the country by scooter yeah. in the United States four or five times now, yeah. uh, that's very very appealing, and I I know some people who might be interested in something. So, right. so let me ask around and find yeah, out. Yeah. And let's and, yeah. let's remind people if there are other scooters out there listening. Send an email to Moyne, and again, I'll post yeah. that in, in the feed here. Yes. Um, that's a very interesting thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, I try to convince a lot of my friends uh, in Pakistan to, you know, get a scooter. It's so cheap, you mm-hmm. know, a couple hundred dollars, yeah. and let's ride a scooter. But I don't have a single friend right. in Pakistan who is willing to buy a Vespa scooter with me. Really? Wow. And, and then <laughs> the scooter ride I did in 2012, the road... There was no road. China was making the road, mm-hmm. uh, and now we have asphalt roads all the way up to the oh, border. Nice. So it's 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 going to be a lot easier, but still it's going to be it's going to be painful. Yeah. And and all <laughs> right. the all the wrong places it's going to be painful. So if you are willing to do this, I'm willing to add a tour somewhere in there and let's do a scooter run. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah, and see what yeah we're I'm excited now. So I wanted to talk real quick because we're. Getting to about an hour now. Yeah. Um, you have. I, I referred to you as an accidental activist, and and you have come into doing all these things to help get the word out about your country. But you're also helping people in your country. Can you tell us real quick about what you're doing there? Yeah. So um, I I was never the activist sort. Um, however, I you're too lazy to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm too lazy, and I was just never I. I have a few role models in life, um, and one of them is Edi Saab. Um, you can look it up, look him up on Google. E D H I. Just write Edi. Uh, he's this Pakistani. He's a Pakistani. He lives in the southern city of Karachi. He's one of my my motivations and um, uh, my role model in life. What he is is he owns the Edi Foundation. Edi Foundation is the biggest. Uh, ambulance service in the world and it's completely free for everybody and did you get to use that Jim um, he was just very <laughs> he was very close was very to the close hospital to so we just threw him in the car and but ED service is all over Pakistan and it's uh, it, it's for the poor. If you don't have food, you go to one of their centers. Right. It's all over the country. They give you free food as many times as you want in a day. If you don't have a place to sit, they'll they'll give you a bed for as long as you want. People live in in his uh, uh, in his uh, like dorms or dorms or whatever yeah. for for their entire life. Um, it's he's an unbelievable person, and he um, you know and he. Uh, owns the biggest ambulance service in the world. Wow. You know, uh, he must wow. be rich and he must be doing it big, mm-hmm. you know. However, it was my dream to see this guy. So before coming to uh, to the US to screen this documentary, I went to Karachi to screen this documentary. 
and um, uh, I I was in this really poor area Leari which is very notorious and a lot of mugging and stuff like that it's a small little area in Karachi so I was there screening this documentary everybody told me it's a very bad neighborhood don't go there so I went there three days every day to screen this documentary on uh, in in really small poor schools mm-hmm. uh, and uh not a lot of people not not everybody spoke english so i had to translate uh the entire documentary while it was going on for the kids so it was unbelievable when i got out i had a backpack with my laptop and my you know uh, the all the all the all my stuff and i i i i asked this local guys like you know can i I've heard Idi Saab, the guy Idi is lives somewhere over here. Can I go see him? He's like, yeah, hop on my motorcycle. So I hopped on his motorcycle and he just rode through little streets for like 20 minutes. And then he and he pulled over and he's like, oh, there he is. And we were on the street outside, you know, we uh, and the uh, the his clinic, not his clinic, but his his. Uh, ambulance service no his uh, his, his, his corporation office. His, his office his office, office. Okay. so the main door of the office yeah. was right on the street and he parked the motorcycle and while i was on the motorcycle i looked to the left and he was sitting right like in front of the door right. and he 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 was sitting right there anybody can approach him he was on the cover of times magazine <laughs> he is this big big deal Right. and he um uh, he was i think he was nominated for the nobel prize this year as well oh, he wow. is this massive this you know i i'm right now I'm, i have goosebumps on my on my all over me he's this unbelievable guy so i walked in i was like hello you know i'm i'm moin and he's like come have a seat with him and he's like you know i he had a wooden uh, wooden bench Uh, at uh, where he was sitting right mm-hmm. now he used to have a wooden bench but his daughter who studies somewhere out of the country or works somewhere she's like dad you're really old now you're you know 85 plus or something please remove this wooden desk that you sit on every day please right. have a sofa so so the the guy said you know this comfortable sofa you my, can afford my, it. my daughter got me this sofa so that guy owns two pairs of clothes and he he owns probably one pair of shoes he doesn't he doesn't have any property he doesn't own anything he doesn't own a vehicle for himself he's this humble guy and whenever i whenever i feel low ever i you know i search him up on on youtube and look at, uh, and check out one of his interviews unbelievable guy so i can never be him but i can try to learn from him and do something uh do something for the needy so because of that i started a a school for little girls in outside out in the outskirts of lahore where i took the tour one folks with me mm-hmm. we started i started 7 months ago with 24 girls now we have over 72 girls school um uniform books everything's free for them and and the closest school to this village was about 25 minutes away and the boys of this village could hitchhike and you know jump around on a on a truck or something and go to that the the school but the the little girls couldn't right because of the culture mm. it's just you know so i opened the school and you know the uh, uh, students from different other girls from other villages around that this main village are also coming to this school and you know um, uh, i i've been trying to you know uh, make the school uh, a little bigger because there's a lot mm-hmm. more demand and you know so a lot of these 
the all the tours that I do, you know, whatever money is left over, I try to, you know, put put it back in the school because, you know, it, it really, uh, you know, f- f- I really don't care if of those kids go go right. to school or not. You know, I I'm I have my own house. I live with my parents. They pay for me everything, and I don't have to worry about anything. So it's not like I have to do this. Right, but. It just feels so amazing that these little girls get their education, and e- and even if I can give them, you know, a, 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 a education till high school, their children will be more educated than them. That's awesome. And eventually, in a few years, this village won't be a village; it'll be a city. So, and you're also teaching women how to ride. <sighs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's probably the hardest thing ever in Pakistan. Uh, it's really hard to. Um, so the the idea was to so there are a lot of women who who work but they and these are women who can't afford a car and they have to travel by public transportation and public transportation isn't the best just like the Bay Area Um, uh, the public transportation isn't the best and uh, it takes them so this, this lady who comes to our house to clean Uh, to you know clean the house she goes to like three different houses in one day and spends like two hours in the house and you know cleans up whatever so she she, her waiting period for the next for a bus from my house to the next house is sometimes two hours Mm. and then from her house to my house the waiting period is like two hours and the journey in the bus it stops at every stop it it takes her two three hours so really she works for six hours and she's waiting for the bus for eight hours every day so if that if i can get that lady on a motorcycle she can cut that time the eight hour traveling time to maybe two hours of traveling time and she can add five more houses where she can go and and clean and she can you know provide better um, a better living standard to her children who all of them go to school so she is illiterate but all her children go to school and they can go to better schools if the mom makes more money and the guy her husband is i think she he passed away so you know i want to empower women these sort of women and it's hard to empower these women because I, I i don't have a direct contact with them right you know so the the, the so what i was trying to do was the 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 women the girls who already who are rich enough to own a car i was getting them on motorcycles so in in two years i'll have maybe 50 girls riding motorcycles and then maybe in 10 years i'll have 500 girls and then their girls riding motorcycles it'll become a norm and then these ladies who uh, you know the who can't afford who really could use this efficient machine uh, uh, you know they'd see okay it's okay to ride motorcycles right. in Lahore now so and for like Rebecca and Jeanette and Natalie like Rebecca did you feel like you were showing women that you can do this like oh yeah it was really cute we we pulled over at one point and uh it was uh there was a little house off of the side of the road and there were like two or three women in the field and and uh moine said you know wave to them because if i wave to them they won't wave back but if you wave to them they will so i waved and then they like kind of you can see them giggling to themselves and you know and then they kind of wave back and one of them came up and asked if we wanted water i think because it was really hot um but yeah you know a lot of the girls and then of course you know at the girls school i would say that's my the guard shack and the girls school they're pretty close in you know comparison as far as like top experience but the girls school is amazing the girls are so cute and so obviously shy but curious you know and it, it 
it just took a couple minutes for them to warm up. Um, you know, I showed them my camera. I showed them the flag ceremony on my camera, the video. I took pictures of them and showed them pictures of themselves. You know, they're so they're just really curious. Um, and so I'm sure they love the fact that we were riding motorcycles. They met Natalie, too. Uh, but, yeah, anywhere I went that there were, you know, girls, you just definitely saw the eyes watching and you know i'd always wave and they'd always kind of look away you know shy but uh hopefully that we have a, we have a, a few seconds of that school and these guys visiting yeah. the school in the documentary and you know there are a bunch of girls all the girls from the school were were sitting uh were there and i told them you know you see these two girls they were natalie and uh rebecca they are like you know you see these two girls they're riding motorcycles with us all over the northern areas of pakistan and and I think majority of the girls, they were just shocked that, wow, these girls right. are riding. So those girls in my school right now, they're growing up with the idea that they can ride motorcycles too when they grow up. So these girls are from grade one to grade three right now. So they're growing up seeing, you know, girls riding motorcycles. And I, when as soon as I get back, I'm going to screen this documentary in my school. So it'll be really amazing to see their reaction that, you know, girls are riding school uh, right. motorcycle. It'll, it'll be amazing. And to see themselves. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think it'll be a lot of fun. That's awesome. So, Moyne, I want to thank you for coming down here. I mean, hearing the stories from, and it's interesting how it trickles down. You know, I know people who know people who went on the trip. I know Jim. And, and hearing them talk about the trip, and it just trickles down and gets more and more people interested. Um, but the one thing in common is, everyone talks about what an amazing person you are and i'm like i need to i need to meet this guy i need to hear these stories because i'm not that amazing you come to pakistan i was gonna then I'll let you know you interrupted me i <laughs> was gonna say what a, what a disappointment <laughs> no, um, no you're doing great things and i don't think you intended to do this it just has happened but you're accepting it and you're going with it exactly um and so, yeah, I thank you for what you're doing. I am excited to go on this trip. My one concern yeah. is that, and, and, I, and I heard when Rebecca got back and talked about it on the podcast, this was something that I didn't think about. Is my one concern is I'm not going to be able to sit still afterwards. I'm going to have to feel oh, I that I need to get back out again. That was painful. Yeah. That was a really, Natalie and Scott. Um, yeah. I hosted a barbecue uh with a bunch of the Pakistan tour mates like a month after we got back and you know Natalie and Scott especially were like we've been so depressed I was like me too like it was really I have a great job in the financial district I'm I'm very fortunate that way but man when I got back I was like man I hate the city I hate <laughs> going into these big buildings that you know so many people admire because downtown yeah. San Francisco is beautiful right but I'm like I'd just rather be back in the desert <laughs> riding yeah. the mountains you know I don't care about all of this stuff, we have so much stuff here and we don't need it. And you don't mm -hmm. realize that until you go to a place where they have so little stuff, but they're happy. Right. And, you know, sure, maybe they'd like a iPod or a phone, but they're living life and they're experiencing, you know, life. And um, I really, I really have never been happier in life. And I, you know, like I have five shampoos here and there I had one, if one, <laughs> because I left my bag behind at one point. Um, and my, I, my hair looked better there. <laughs> I didn't wear makeup there, and I think I looked better there. Uh, but we just have so much stuff, and we have so many, you know, different influences in society teaching us that we need more. We should try to get more. 
and this is what we should look like, and this is how we should present ourselves. Um, and there they just don't worry about it, and they just live. And, and that really, I really brought that back with me, and um, it really changed my outlook on life. That's my concern that I will be forever changed. Yeah, you will. You will. <laughs> Liza, Liza, I know you're trying to wrap this up, but yeah. one last story. This is okay. my favorite story of, this is of, all, this of is all, about all my you, tours. Man. All my tours. <laughs> so uh, in, in Gilgit, Dan went to buy water. He went to buy some water bottles, the big liter and a half bottle, water bottles, a big case mm-hmm. of six bottles. And uh, he came back and he's like, Moeen, uh, there's this guy I'm buying, trying to buy from. He's not taking money from me. And I feel bad because the guy is really, you know, humble. His shop is smaller than the car I own in 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 the U.S. And he's like a poor guy, you know. And he's not taking money from me. I was like, why isn't he taking money from me? All the people take money from me. Why isn't he taking money from you? He's like, oh, he says you're a guest in my city, and I can't charge a, a guest in my city uh, if he comes and gets something from my shop. So this is the level of hospitality you will experience in Pakistan. Wow. You don't experience that here we're like go home tourist (laughs) (laughs) well and then i I was i was that that is amazing but i i experienced this hospitality in in the u.s right uh the first place was uh in in oregon when this random guy eric took me to his house and fed me and washed my clothes in the washer and you know should so, i be concerned about how many men are taking him and home? taking his clothes off <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, here take your so clothes off give him taking advantage of this foreigner <laughs> yeah so my this point is, is there my point is there are awesome people l- lovely people all over the world and they exist in Pakistan as well. When they take you home do they also give you a massage cuz that is not a tradition here either. <laughs> just want to make sure you know. I th- I think in Pakistan they they just <laughs> might if you if you if you're polite enough, if you're oh, gentle oh, enough. Oh, massage in Pakistan, get one. Oh. Uh, I got I think 45 minutes for I want to say like five fifty, five dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> um, also wear underwear <laughs> because I uh, did not, and the girl was quite shocked. Um, you know, she's like, "Oh, go ahead and lay down in your underwear," and I was like, "Well, what if I didn't wear?" You know, and she's like, "Oh." <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, heads up. Um, TMI. Yeah, good to know. Okay. Well, massages here, you don't, you know, you don't wear yeah. underwear. Um, but differ. so I've I been think... to a massage in the U.S. I wore my boxers. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, optional here. It is optional. It's optional. Okay. Um, I was just gonna say, tagging on a Moin story. I think some of the Pakistani people surprised him. Okay, so we took taxis. We left the hotel. We took two rickshaws. Okay, and uh, we went. Man, we were trying to find like a cool outdoor, authentic mall, but they heard mall and thought shopping outlet, so they took us to like a Winco type place. Okay, right. but anyways, it was really far. It was like a twenty-five minute rickshaw ride um maybe 30 and uh and then Moyne, you know calls me he's like where are you guys and you know what are you doing and how much are they charging you and would you pay them and and you know like he's like no meet me at this restaurant and i will take care of the bill you know this and that and so we get there and then Moyne, like he finds out that they charge us like nothing to take all of us to right. yeah you know. i was so shocked yeah i was so shocked severely if a pakistani asks a tuk-tuk a rickshaw guy to take him over there they'll charge him they'll charge a pakistani three times more which is completely fair mm-hmm. so i remember that guy charged these guys three dollars yeah. for a rickshaw ride which is 
which is for for the distance in in Lahore is a is is a small city. Everything is like five minutes away. So they went like out of the city to this weird place. I don't know why they went there to buy baking soda. No, or it something. was an accident. <laughs> we meant accident. we didn't so, go together. So when they told me these guys are going there, I was like, okay, that guy is gonna rip them off. He's gonna right. charge them like fifty dollars or something. And these guys probably not knowing, they'll probably negotiate and give them forty dollars. You know, but that guy charged these guys. Three bucks. Yeah. So I, I, I felt so amazing. I was like, okay, they're cool people, you know. They, the, the poor is is are the coolest people, you know. They do, yeah. they have ten dollars and they're willing to spend eight dollars on a guest. So he probably was in a loss. So I tipped him. You, you don't tip a taxi person in Pakistan. Right. So I tipped him a bit just so he keeps doing this. So next mm-hmm. time there's a foreigner, he puts the price so low that the foreigner will. You know, right. help out himself. So it, it was unbelievable. I was in a shock. Pakistan is full of surprises. That's awesome. Yeah. So since we're wrapping up, I prepared you that there is one question that we ask everyone who joins us here. Uh-huh. So, Moin Khan, what is your up the butt bike? <laughs> up the butt bike. Um, uh, I think this is the hardest question ever, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, but because I cheated and I asked you for the for the question before, right? So I've been thinking about this for for. It's a, not cheating. We want people to understand <laughs> what we're asking. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been thinking about this from the last hour and a half, and I think okay. I think I'm, I was initially confused between a 1944 Vespa scooter or or another bike, but I think it's the other bike. It's the Ducati Desmo Sedici D16RR. Yeah, that's you should my have a higher bike. price on your butt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think nice. I think that's the bike I would uh, I would yeah take it. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I would take it. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming. Um, again, I'll post everything so people, if they're interested in coming on one of these trips, don't pass this up. Chance of a lifetime, do it. And if you want to see the video, if uh, the the documentary, um, go to your to a site and see where it's coming. And if it's not coming around, you'll post it up soon. And as soon as you do, I will post it up on our our Facebook page and our awesome. site. Also, Perfect. spread the word and let people see. Is there any last final things you want to get in before we sign off? Uh, I think one last thing would be you only live once. Make the best out of it. Uh, get out of your stupid nine to five life um, you don't have to start riding motorcycles or you don't have to come to Pakistan just you know get out there do something that you've been putting off for a while um, you will have a blast you will you will be shocked how how that thing that you've been putting off for so long it'll make you so happy uh, I did that I was working uh, in the Bay I was working in Pakistan I forced myself to get out because uh these these are like my uh these are the this this line i live by now uh you know a different agenda keep exploring you only live once that's awesome thank you very much so signing off this is liza bagel jim moeen rebecca rebecca <laughs> and then being so quiet over there our Philip and Anne you guys have been so good and patient <laughs> waiting for us thank you so we are out cool, bye cool. Allah Hafiz Allah Hafiz <laughs> awesome Assalamu Alaikum cool cool